Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hey guys, Adam Ray here. Welcome back to the About Last Night podcast. Thanks for being here. If you haven't been here before, subscribe right here on YouTube to the program. Also subscribe to my YouTube channel right here so you can get all the Adam Ray goodies. I'm dropping best ofs from my weekends on the road. I'm dropping Dr. Phil episodes. We got a new one. Tomorrow with Bobby Lee and Andrew Santino dropping right there on the YouTube channel. Go get it. Subscribe. Get it. Um, we're shooting the Matt Reif, Dr. Phil episode tonight at the Comedy Store. That'll be out in a couple weeks. Uh, at Alan Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Adam Ray Comedy on all those as well. AdamRayComedy.com for my tour dates. Coming up, DC, DC Improv, December 7th through the 9th. Uh, San Diego, December 15th and 16th at Mike Drop Comedy Club. And December 21st to the 23rd at CB Live, the new Desert Ridge Improv in Scottsdale, Arizona. Tickets at AdamRayComedy.com. Today's episode is a solo episode, baby, so let's not waste any time. Let's get into it. We cover Thanksgiving. We talk We talk shithead kids. We talk white guys that want to be black. We talk comedy specials. We talk, uh, we talk McDonald's. We talk, uh, we talk uh, the, the White House. I might go and write jokes for Biden. Who knows? We'll see. But there's a lot to cover, and we get into all of it on a new About Last Night solo episode with me, Adam Ray. So enjoy this and have a great week. I'll see you out there on the road. Come out and see your boy. Comedy special. Details coming soon as well. Can't wait to drop those. Enjoy the week and enjoy the episode. Let's do it. It's Herbert. Mm-hmm. And you're listening to the About Last Night podcast, you slippery little son of a bitch. McDonald's, Hamas, Ozempic, and Thanksgivings will never forget with family members we already forgot are in our families. That's what's in store on today's About Last Night podcast. Hey guys, Adam Ray here. Welcome back to the show. Trying a little uh, news brief teaser. <laughs> Things that will be discussed on today's episode. I've got my coffee here, a nice latte from a place called Kofax. It says LA's finest coffee. Uh, it's good. It's good. But it ain't LA's finest. What is, though, right? What is? Uh, dealing with a lot. My legs hurt. I'm just going to come out of the gate and be honest with you guys. My legs fucking hurt. They're tight. I don't stretch enough. I think I need shoulder surgery. I'm falling apart before 2023 comes to a close. But there's a lot to be thankful for. And that's why. 
I want to talk about post-Thanksgiving, pre-Thanksgiving, and Thanksgiving while you were living it in the present time. Uh, I went home to Seattle. We uh, went up there. My mom and stepdad have two dogs. I call them the Beast, like from Sandlot. They've got a dog named Oscar and a dog named Boomer. And Boomer is chill. Oscar freebases methamphetamines in the garage. By that I mean he's uh, not trained. He jumps on you. He's 70 pounds. He's almost taken my uh, 81-year-old stepdad and 74-year-old mom down to the ground multiple times. I fear every time they FaceTime me, I don't know if this happens to you guys when your folks get older, anytime they call them, like, something happened to somebody. Somebody's down, and they're not getting back up. I've fallen, and I can't get up. Remember those commercials? I think that's happening all the time with my folks. So I tried to instill some, you know, out-of-towner advice, but no one wants to hear how to train their dogs. It's like with kids. No one wants to hear how to raise your kids. No one wants to be told, hey, your dog really should do this. I even know with pickles when people are like, hey, she shouldn't lick her puppy pussy in public so much. I'm like, you're just fucking jealous that you can't reach it, dad. Um, but um, Thanksgiving at home is fun. Saw the fam. There's always shit going on. No one is immune from going home and being like, can I just come home once and have there not be a fucking bunch of shit to fucking deal with? Somebody's depressed. It's also the holidays, so I think depression's at an all-time high. And what you should do is start to look deep inside yourself. Maybe put a thumb up there, okay? And, and, and tell yourself, uh, we all struggle to get out of bed. But once you do, the rest is, the rest is, uh, the, 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 then keep that thumb in there, and that's how you can make a friend. I do think that families go through this, uh, you know, there's an evolution of the family dynamic. Right out of the gate, I think when you come out of the womb, whether you were, uh, you know, a, a crying, whiny bitch baby, or you were uh, full of love and zest for life, and you, uh, you know, had a smile on your face. I don't think any baby's smiling when they come out of the vagina. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I haven't seen a childbirth. I have actually seen one on YouTube. I missed my sister's first birth of my nieces, and so it got me down this curious rabbit hole of like. What the fuck? I've always seen it in movies. And even then, they don't show... They don't show the fucking... <laughs> or, you know. See, just the fact that I think that's a pregnancy is terrifying for anyone who's trying to have a child with me. Um, but I YouTubed pregnancy, and I'll never unsee it. I was in Sacramento, and guess what? When you're in Sacramento, and you're bored, and it's Saturday, and it's 2 a.m., Oh, ho, ho. your keyboard better get ready to delete some searches because, man, things get wild. And I saw some pregnancy videos. First of all, who's posting that shit on YouTube? Who the fuck is posting their pregnancies on YouTube? But they're there, and I watched about four to 16 of them. And, wow, I needed to watch animal attack videos right after just to cleanse my palate. Does that make sense? Does that give you an indication of how fucking violent a birth is? How about the people that do it in a bathtub? How about the people that do it at home? How about the people that do it without the care and consideration of medical professionals? Hey, man, to each his own, agree to disagree, TMI, YOLO, fucking live it up, fill it up, up, down, turn around, 
double dip chocolate chip. How you do it is how you feel it is how you slice it. Take a bite out of crime. Bop, 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 bop. You're loving it. BK, have it your way. <laughs> Quick tangent. Catchiest song of all time. Sprinkle me, sprinkle me. Oh, here's a story for you. Over Thanksgiving, met an Uber driver who has officially uh, been labeled the craziest Uber driver in the world. This man had six teeth. He had uh, for sure a drinking problem. He has two kids. One he couldn't stop bragging about that beats up adults on the bus, the public bus. A 12-year-old kid, he said, that installed the speakers in his car. Do you want to hear the speakers? Now we're good, man. It's 9 a.m. and we're hungover. He proceeds to turn up the loudest house music you've ever heard. I had to scream through the music and go, turn it down, man. And he was like, yeah, it's dope, right? My son put these in after he beat up somebody on the bus defending my honor. Sprinkle me, sprinkle me, sprinkle me, sprinkle me. Sprinkle me, sprinkle me was his version of like, hit me, hit me with it. Like, tell me something real. He kept asking, mind if I tell you one more story? That was his catchphrase. And the story was like 19 minutes long. The Uber ride was an hour. We're going to my nephew's flag football game. They got destroyed. He's playing a year above of where he should be. The dad coaches are hilarious. They cheated. They cheated in flag football. Hey, if you're a dad and you willingly cheat in youth flag football, you're a piece of, say it with me, shit. But these guys have no problem doing it. They probably have gambling problems and cheat on their wives. So, you know, I let it slide because I go, things ain't going according to plan. But sprinkle me, sprinkle me, sprinkle me, sprinkle me. This motherfucker is asking us to sprinkle him, sprinkle him with anecdotes, stories, and, and, and an attentive ear to his stories about his son beating up strangers on the bus and um, and how he can make manicotti, I think he transitioned into. He makes the killer manicotti, man. Put the speakers in my car. Makes the killer manicotti, dog, and beat up a man on a bus defending my honor. Sprinkle me, sprinkle me. Sprinkle me, sprinkle me. Oh, and he's white. I know you're like, that feels like kind of like a street urban-y voice you're doing. Nope, white guy. White guys that sound black are always interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I knew probably, I think everyone knows a white dude that wants to be black growing up. Doesn't matter where you're living. If you grew up in fucking Burbank, California, or Lake Forest Park, Washington, where I grew up, or Des Moines, Iowa, or St. Paul, Minnesota, or, you know, Rochester, New York, we all know white dudes that want to be black. And every white dude wants to be black at some point. They just realize, don't do it. Um, let's see. Let me go through the names of the people. Todd Geesey. Nah, he's borderline. Donnie Thompson. There we go. Donnie Thompson. And he was the white kid, too, that I think the black kids called Donnie the N-word. I think, I remember, I think that, yeah. So we all, so we were like, okay, he's, man, he's, that's cool. That's cool. Um, sprinkle me, sprinkle me. I want to start using it. I want to start saying it, but mean it and, and have it not just be a joke. I want it to seep into my, you know, the rotation of my vernacular. That sounded smarter than I wanted it to be. Wanted it to be. I'm not, I, my vocab's not terrible. It's not Eliza Schlesinger big. Although I love you, Eliza. But you use a lot of words that I feel like you just learned. Hey, nobody knows what that means. Hey, quit using that word. Quit using that word and making people feel stupid. Is it worth it for you to feel smart? When you use words that 
98% of people don't know, this is the face you get. Because they, it's socially crippling. People's faces, like, because people don't like to be thrown under the bus like that, vocab style. Because, look, I think we all know enough words. There's always new words to learn, you know. I remember in uh, English class in, in freshman year of high school, I was pumped when I learned the word bewildered, which means confused, right? Baffled is another way to, to describe what you're trying to convey. But bewildered, I like. It sounds also like like a children's story time book. Like, be, like the, the three little bears were bewildered to find that Goldilocks had, you know, shit in their, in their oatmeal or, you know. Oh, wait, no, she ate the oatmeal. Goldilocks and three bears. What, what fucking happens in that? Goldilocks breaks into the bear's house. She trespasses. The bears don't eat her. No, wait. Goldie, the bears sleep in her bed. No, wait. She fucks the mom, the dad, and the kid, right? And then she's like, the, the dad was just right. Wait, that's not. Oh, my God. I just had a flash to me fucking paraphrasing fairy tales to an elementary school. All right, guys. Pinocchio. So let's just say his boner wouldn't stop growing. And he fucked everything. This guy wasn't even taking Cialis, but he just, every time he told a lie, his dick would just balloon up to the size of a choo-choo train. You ever see one of those long pretzels at the fair? Hey, where are you going? Um, Goldilocks, what did she do again? She, I think she tried on, but this one's just right. That's what I keep hearing in my head. Oh, she ate the porridge. I think she ate the bear's porridge. And then the bears came back and were like, the fuck you doing here? And she was like, oh, sorry, my grandma lives down the street. And they're like, we're in the woods, bitch. She was like, please don't eat me. And then I think they did something to her. I don't know. It's almost like it's almost like when you see when you see someone that says they saw an alien, you're like, something happened. Whether you say it or not, we know you got some fingers or a fist or something went somewhere. By the way, fisting? <laughs> nope. Hard stance on fisting. If there's one thing I will not do in the bedroom. It's, say it with me, fisting. There's a lot, I'll, uh, there's a lot I'm open to, you know. And as, as the marriage uh, years stack up, I'm sure my wife and I will get a little more exploratory. I don't think with people. I don't think we're... You know, when you hear about these nude beaches or these swinger parties or sex clubs or like my boy Brad, I know, you know, he's he's lived a promiscuous life. I mean, he met his wife on a threesome app. You know, that's public knowledge. An incredible story. Pixar's probably not picking it up, but an incredible story nonetheless. But uh, also as a little person, I feel like you got to be down for more fun stuff. Like you got to be DFW. Like, I'm pretty open-minded, but as a dwarf, I think you, like, that's all, you, you come out of the gate open-minded, because you're like, this is what I've been given. I'm a party favor, I'm a commodity, you know, I'm a fucking, I'm ransom, you know, and I remember when Brad went to Brazil for the World Cup, and we joked about, if you get kidnapped, there's a strong possibility the ransom is over a mil, because, you know, first of all, you steal a little person, I think that's illegal. But if you do get one and you're able to sell it back into whatever, you know, it's, I feel like you can get a lot. I don't know. <laughs> Some, right now, someone's Googling how much to buy a dwarf. Brad Williams, by the way, will be uh, 
will be uh, at the show tonight. If you are in uh, Los Angeles, you are hopefully attending the Dr. Phil Live with Matt Reif at 8 p.m. at the main room of the Comedy Store. Holy shit. Cannot wait. This is a... This is going to be a bonker show. I'm truly pumped. Um, by the way, the uh, Dr. Phil Live with Andrew Santino and Bobby Lee drops tomorrow on my YouTube. If you're not subscribed to my YouTube, I suggest you do it. If you've been on my Instagram, you've seen the clips that I've posted in anticipation. It's one of the funniest 90 minutes of comedy I've been a part of. Truly, from top to bottom, these Dr. Phil shows are insane. And they got all the elements of a show that you want. They check all the boxes of the creative, uh, you know, uh, wheel that I'm trying to, uh, you know, exercise. Monologue up top, crowd work, character work all the way through, impro uh, improvising the entire show, um, hosting, some stand-up, uh, interviews with uh, the guest and Jeremiah always coming on as a, as a character. Fahim Anwar makes a, a special treat surprise in the uh, Dr. Phil Live with Bobby Lee and Andrew Santino dropping tomorrow on my YouTube channel. Um, it's it's super fun, man. It's Man, it's just bonkers. It's The energy in that main room, you can ask people at the comedy store, haven't heard anything like that in a long time. And I've been in the main room for coming up on, I guess, 10 years now being a regular at the store. Almost, maybe 11 and I've heard some pops in there. You know, pops from when I've been on stage from a hot crowd and pops from seeing Burr, Chappelle, people. I remember when I went to see Chappelle my sophomore year of college, 2003, uh, the height of Chappelle show. And it was electric, man. Boogie woogie. And we, uh, we were in awe of how that room captured uh, laughter. This was special, man. And again, you just ask people at the store. The, the pops were big. The, la the energy was insane right out of the gate, dude. They were going nuts. Um, so, yeah. So, so tonight should be insane. Rife uh, is hilarious. Good butt of mine. So funny. Check out his Netflix special uh, if you haven't seen it yet. Very funny. He rips it on tour. Great guy. I was lucky to do some uh, crowd work with him on stage at the end of his shows. We'd go out there for about 30 minutes. I think he'll be posting some of those clips soon, which will be fun. But... Uh, He'll be a great guest. Brad will be uh, showing up in some fashion. I don't want to say what, but if you're there tonight, get ready. And um, and all the proceeds are going to the uh, Loving Hands uh, Children's Shelter. I found this uh, great children's shelter that um, houses uh, orphans. I was like, are there orphanages in L.A.? For sure there is because there's orphanages, I think, in every in every state. There should be anyway. And, uh, and this place does great work, and I wanted to do something for kids, and I wanted to find something that I hadn't, you know, kind of donated to or, or associated with before. And, and this place, I talked to the gal for about 30 minutes who runs the, uh, uh, the facility, the organization, and, and she was pretty pumped. So, um, yeah, so your, your cash is going to a good place um, and uh, for, your obviously, you know, Christmas presents and then just, you know, ins and outs and, and, and stuff that uh, – the facility needs, you know, toilet paper, diapers for the babies. There's baby orphans. I mean, that's why my, my wife and I get closer and closer to, A, not having kids, I'll be honest. Thanksgiving was uh, taxing and stressful, to say the least. My nieces are in high school now, and they're the, they're the best. I still look at them as the adorable little five-year-olds that, that, uh, that I came to just become obsessed with. They're great, though. They're still really goofy. They laugh a lot, but they're in high school, man. They're just, 
They're in fucking high school. I can't imagine being in high school now anyways. And to be a uh, a 14-year-old girl is just bonkers, dude. There's just so much you're dealing with. They were so concerned about. Here's where my nieces are right now. You know, I posted a picture from six years ago when they were uh, eight, and now they're 14. I asked them because they're really goofy and silly. They've always loved to act, make funny videos with me. I got them into improv classes. And for me, I know how that influenced and affected my life. So I wanted them to have that uh, in their back pocket to really make friends and have a place to be accepted and go to that I think they'd really enjoy and thrive in. So I asked them, do you guys have drama in high school? And one of my nieces goes, oh yeah, people have sex in the bathroom all the time. I was like, (laughs) I meant like, do you guys do plays like Les Mis or Shakespeare? She goes, oh yeah, people have sex in the bathrooms. 14-year-olds fucking in the bathrooms. What the fuck? What the fuck? I mean, I don't think I lost my V until 17, maybe 18. Just senior high school. Had opportunities. I worked with some gals at Albertsons that uh, came on real strong when I was 15. Glad I didn't. I don't think... If I had had sex at 15, I think I would have been a, I would have been like all about it. Because I think every young adolescent boy is is trying to figure out what what that thing's for, right? Got some uh, veggie burrito stuck in my mouth. That's what she said. She did say that, though. She did say that, the girl that was coming on strong to me at Albertsons in 1999. Man, can you imagine? I would have been, I probably would have cried. Because I remember even just the first HJ I got. That was was a lot. Exciting, but like, whew. The sensation of coming for the first time is so bonkers. You forget. It's tough to harken back to that. It still feels weird. It just, it feels, it just feels better because you know, you know you're just more into it, I guess. Or I don't know. Maybe you're not. It's sad either way you do it. It's sad if you're by yourself. I don't think anyone's ever jerked off and been like, ah, I feel great. <laughs> I think it's always... <sighs> No, I'm okay. I don't need any towels. Because you're in a hotel. But, um, yeah. Can't believe that they are dealing with the high school popular concerns. That's a lot of what they divulged. The popular kids do this. The popular kids do that. Fuck. I was like, who gives a shit? My wife and I tried to communicate as best we could. This does not matter. You do. This does not matter. This too shall pass. And how concerned you are with the popular anything is so, so arbitrary and just so nonsensical, you know? But you can't see it when you're in it because when you're 14, dude, imagine being a, imagine having a 41-year-old tell you, don't worry. You're like, you don't even fucking know, Uncle Adam. You don't even fucking know. My nephew's nine. He's, uh, I think he's medicated. He should be. Most kids should be. Not over-medicated, but. Fuck, dude. Going to school and, and, and thinking about what you're thinking about as a nine-year-old. I mean, the popular shit is still kind of in his world, but he's also dealing with ADD and HPV and WNBA and AT&T. And just, he's, he's all over the place. And he needs stimulation 24-7, seven days a week. 
And I don't know if he's getting that at home, at school. So he stayed over at my uh, folks' place. I played football with him every 10 minutes. We did like this fun game where it was just basically one-on-one. I'd try to tackle him, two-hand touch. I'd go easy on him. He'd still talk shit as if he was beating me. Great. Let him have it. I'm secure enough to let a nine-year-old think he beat me in football. <laughs> there were times, though, that I stepped it up and started to really, like, stop him and, you know, shove him around a little. Because he's going hard. He's playing tackle football next year. So I was like, I should try to give him a little bit of something to bounce off of because he was coming at me with a lot of with a lot of fucking power. And that bodes well. I think he's going to actually do well. And he's super fast. But when I would step it up and really stop him, then he started to complain, say I was playing cheap, whatever. And I was like, well, now you're just being a little bitch because now you're complaining and pointing the finger at me. I go, maybe hold on to the ball tighter. Maybe spin better. Maybe get your jukes better. You're doing the same shit. And he would talk so much smack. And I was like, dude, let your game speak for itself. And, uh, yeah. But I forget he's nine. He acts so tough that you forget he's nine. Because my niece, uh, we took him to Dave & Buster's. We had a good time. Dave & Buster's is wild. I would not recommend going to Dave & Buster's on mushrooms. I didn't do that. I just wouldn't recommend it. There's a lot of colors and there's a lot of people. It's overstimulation city and you're the mayor whether you ran for that position or not. Everyone elected you. You're, it's just a lot, man. There's a bar, there's a cool sports bar. The food's whatever. The pizza tastes like. I'd love to put Dave & Buster's pizza up against Chuck E. Cheese pizza and see who comes out on top. Arcade Pizza, great band name, uh, is just not... It's like Taco Bell meat, right? You're just like, what is this made of? The pizza sauce in Arcade Pizza, it always is a little suspicious. You know? You're like this. I, it was this was mixed somewhere. It was it came in like a bag, almost like I, I imagine the arcade pizza sauce being like in a wine bag. Do you know what I'm saying? And it was just squeezed out, just and some guys as he's as he's squeezing it, it's like, and then he goes, yeah, I love the sound the marinara makes. And then somebody puts some cheese on, and then they give it to a fatty playing uh playing the Jurassic World um, game. Not as many fat kids as I thought I'd see. Enough, not a ton. And that, that, gave, me, that gave me hope because it was the holidays. It's the arcade. Fat kids love the arcade. If there's, love thing, if there's one thing fat kids love, it's the arcade, free donuts, and uh, flat ground. Because I, I know from experience, when I had to chase the bus down, if I was late to school and I'd run up the hill with that backpack. So I've got, you know, 60, 70 extra pounds already from top to bottom. Now I got a backpack. And in elementary school, they didn't let you keep your books there. You had to bring that shit home with you and do your work in them and read and like read chapter seven through 10 tonight. And you're like, great. Do you realize the book is 92 pounds? The book is 92 pounds. I'm 192. I've got 92 on my back. I've got 12 pound titties. And, uh, and, and I've got a fupa. By the way, my nephew asked me what's the difference between a faux pas and a fupa. And I said, well, a faux pas is a, uh, uh, an embarrassing or significant error or mistake. He goes, what's a fupa? I go, that's a, it's a front upper pussy area. He was like, isn't it a fat upper pussy area? I was like, I stand corrected. It is. <laughs> it is. So I had a fupa. 
bitch tits, back fat, fat back, and a backpack with snack packs. Oh, my. And I'm chugging up that hill. An incline is a fat kid's kryptonite. So I'm late for school trying to catch that bus. Kids are pointing out the window. The bus driver would see me and just drive by, which is the worst. Because at one point, I just dropped my backpack. And I was like, fuck it. I'll get new books. No one's going to steal a kid's backpack. Actually, there were snack packs in there, so maybe. And I just remember just, wait, wait. Everyone's like, ha. Oh, man. The good old days. But, you know, I haven't been on a bus in quite some time, so. I remember the kids that just fucking, you'd see them chasing after the bus. I felt so bad always because every kid has experienced that. Unless you're those kids that got to the bus in the neighborhood, you'd always see like some kids when you would appropriately get to the bus on time, like 10 minutes before it showed up, you know, and then sometimes the bus wouldn't show up. That was the best when you were late to school. But and you'd all be staying there as kids like looking around and everyone's parents are at work and you're all like, is the bus coming? Did we miss the bus? And someone would be like, no, the bus isn't here yet. And you're like, okay, so should we, should somebody's parents take us? Well, they might be here soon. Okay. Does anybody have a watch? And then it'd be like 20 minutes and the bus wouldn't show up and everyone's like, did the bus driver die? Did someone murder the bus driver? No, I think it's just late, but I, I, we could walk to school or maybe just the bus, some other bus will come. And then another bus would come sometimes, or you'd walk to school if you lived close, or someone's parents would take you. But I usually would take that as a sign being like, I guess I ain't going to school. But, you know, you had to go because you had to learn the quadratic formula, which to this day I have not used. I have not used the quadratic formula, Sam I am. Favorite Dr. Seuss poem? Probably Horton Hears a Who. Because... I'll tell you what Horton didn't hear. Any Jewish songs this holiday season? Because, say it with me, there's no Hanukkah representation. Coming out of Thanksgiving into uh, the holiday season, people want to leave with Christmas, and that's fine. Your instincts are right. Ho, 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 Merry Christmas is the saying. Um, Cha-cha-cha, have a happy Hanukkah. No one says. But... Um, it's fine. It's how it's been. I remember in elementary school decorating Santa beards, not menorahs. Myself and Eve Alexander were the two Jews in sixth grade. Adam and Eve. How about that? How about that? I don't know. I don't know if it matters this day and age. I think with schools trying to be all PC and, uh, you know, avoid cancel culture, you probably, there's got to be some some Kwanzaa and Hanukkah uh, stuff inserted into the uh, curriculum, No. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe nobody gives a shit. And look, there is too much other stuff to concern yourself with. I mean, Jesus Christ. Some of these stories uh, between Israel and Hamas fights and killings and the war, it, it is insane. And if you're completely immune to it and have no clue what's happening, you know, read something, watch a couple videos to develop an opinion. And be somewhat in the know. You know, it, it's so easy and so safe to just be. And I know people that do it, that don't even watch the news, that don't watch TV, that don't even go on their phone. And there is something to be said about that. There's a healthy uh, 
approach to just living because everyone's got their own stresses, whether you are, uh, you know, privy to what's happening around the globe. They say Trump might win president again. That's crazy. Can you imagine? I truly think some bad shit would happen. And that's, uh, if you're a Trump fan watching this, hey, man, you know that. But you don't care because you don't want to admit that that you that the guy that you think should win is batshit crazy. I'm not saying Biden ain't crazy. I I'm saying over 75 president. Really? That's the best we can do. What? It's almost like it's the only job where we're like the most experience is the best experience. You know what I'm saying? Because I mean I remember when I worked at Albertsons, my boss was I think 82, and he was racist and sexually say with me inappropriate towards women um and nothing happened to him he was celebrated but this was also mid to late 90s so you could you could stare at a woman's breasts and call them fun bags and nobody would get in your face they would laugh they would laugh it off i remember he said something to my mom once who, by the way, my mom pops in in the Dr. Phil Live with Bobby Lee and Andrew Santino. Dropping tomorrow on my YouTube channel. Check it out. Subscribe. And, uh, and be on the lookout for a, a Dr. Phil on Bad Friends episode. Teaser. Also, a uh, Rick Glassman and I are going to do a Santa Claus part two on Tyso. So be on the lookout for that. Bah humbug! Sound familiar? Suck my balls! Have you heard that? I'll put my thumb in your mouth and make you suck on it like a... Easy, easy, easy. Hey guys, Adam Ray here. And look, we all are dealing with the stresses and struggles that come with the holiday season. Anxiety, it's something we all experience. So, if you need somebody to talk to, BetterHelp is here to help you get the tools to manage what's going on in your day-to-day. And it's something that I've been uh, jamming with uh, for, for quite some time now. And, uh, and I want you to start uh, reaping the benefits of having someone to talk to, a licensed therapist that you can get matched with. All you got to do is fill out a questionnaire and they'll match you with somebody. And if you want to switch therapists at any time, there's no additional charge. Right now, if you go to betterhelp.com slash about last night and get 10% off your first month of therapy online, which is where better, better Help resides. And it's entirely online. It's entirely private. Go to betterhelp.com slash about last night and get 10% off your first month. Start living better for you because you deserve it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Uh, I don't know what the balance is of being in the know and being in the dark. Is that a Coldplay song? Um, I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to be finding out what happens with my special soon. It's been cut. It is locked. It is loaded. And I can't fucking wait for you guys to see it. Shot at Madison's Comedy on State in Wisconsin. I can't wait. And we have a crowd work special cut from it because we did four shows and there's so much great stuff to uh, to play with. So be on the lookout for that. Should know pretty soon. Fingers crossed. 
Uh, all my tour dates have been announced at adamraycomedy.com uh, for 2024. Still adding a few more. I think we're going to add San Fran and, um, and uh, a few other East Coast dates, some Florida dates. So be on the lookout for those. And, um, man, I got to give a shout-out to my boy Sal Volcano. I was in Chicago this weekend. Indiana, Elkhart, Indiana, and Chicago. Uh, the Vic Theater with Sal Volcano watching him tape his comedy special. And the dude murdered it. Just murdered Sal's so funny, so kind, and he was just so ready for this. I've been doing a, a bunch of shows with him over the last year and a half, and um, he was dialed in, dude. Chicago's a great spot for a special, good comedy crowds, good city, and uh, and he nailed it, dude. It's cool to be a part of that, to be around that energy. You just feed off it. You feed off buddies that are doing cool, creative shit, and the energy of a special, too, is just, you know, it's fans, and they just, they want, they want him to win so bad. Does that make sense? And so... Um, you try to ride that wave, surf it into the next day. Oof. Now my neck's all fucked. I think I need a new neck, a new shoulder, and a new and a new right leg. Thinking about getting some cupping later. Now I know you hear that and you think, oh, some some stranger's gonna cup your balls. Some stranger's gonna cup your balls. No, man. Cupping the uh Well, don't do that, Adam. Cupping the uh the <laughs> They fill it up. It's an old, um, I think it's an old Chinese medicine tactic. Either way, it works, and it's great, and it's uh, you know relieves a lot of stress and pressure. Stress and pressure, two of the things we deal with the most during the holiday season. How you get around it? I think we're all looking for ways to even the playing field, to get back to fucking level one. Don't find that warp zone. Right when you get home in the holidays, don't fucking jump in the uh, warp zone and, and peace off to uh, to Never Never Land. Find, find, a, find a space around your, your fam that you can, you know, be a part of the action. Because, hey, man, it's what, it's what makes being alive, you know, so, so authentic is having a, a weird, kooky family. I don't think there's anyone with a normal family. You know what I'm saying? There might be, um, I mean, I don't know. The even though even the Obamas got to have some fucked up shit. I mean, we you know, Oprah. Oprah's probably got. Oprah's probably got some some skeletons in the closet. That's one of my first jokes where I would say like, "We ain't that different as people." Like Oprah right now. Oprah could be having severe diarrhea, at a fucking Trader Joe's, and just blowing up that bathroom. She's not. Oprah's a person. She has pizza. She has. She probably has cocktails. And and unless you're, even if you're doing it right, even if you're eating and drinking perfectly, I think your body still is like, you're getting diarrhea tomorrow. And you just get it. There's no ple- uh, pl- prep. There's no plan time. Diarrhea just is on its own schedule. And I've always said that. So Oprah's probably had diarrhea and had to blow up a bathroom at a party. Although I feel like she hosts most of the parties she goes to. But for sure, Oprah's been to like an award show and been like, I can't go to the public restroom. Jennifer Aniston's in there and Reese Witherspoon, which, by the way, we just we just nailed my mom over Thanksgiving with uh, that Reese Witherspoon joke. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Here, I'll play it for you. It's where um, here. Ready? Hey, mom. Did you hear about the actress that was uh, killed with a knife? No. The actress that was killed with a knife? Yeah. Reese something. Reese, no, no, serious, Reese something. 
Witherspoon. No, with a knife. She laughed, and then she faked pulling her hair out. My stepdad was just like, wait, what happened? Classic. Classic, we got you. Too bad we got you. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's so many. Um... Oh, shit. Do you ever just get bombarded with texts from people that social cues? I want to talk about them. We all try our best to pick up on them, to read them, to understand when is enough. Whether you get texts from people that you don't want to get texts from, if you're that person texting. I sometimes have been obnoxious with with the texts, and then I'm like, oof, step it back, man. Three in a row that weren't reciprocated. But sometimes people just want that answer, man. And we live in the day and age where everything is at your fingertips, people are at your disposal. I once had a buddy, I'm not going to say his name, Jeff Dye, comedian, and uh, I texted Jeff uh, something on like a Wednesday, and he texted me on the following Monday and goes, sorry, I was in Portland. <laughs> I still to this day find that so fucking funny. Shout out to Jeff. Because no one's on their phone more. I think I, I see Jeff on his phone all the time, which all comedians are. But the fact that he had the audacity to text me, sorry, and he was doing shows. So again, it, I know you're on your phone, but the fact that he committed to I was gone a two-hour plane ride away and I couldn't respond to you for five days is I just find that very funny. And uh, and I had to respect it. Um, man. Chicago. What a city. What a city. Going to Washington, D.C. soon. Will I go, uh, will I stop by the White House? Maybe. I met some Secret Service guys at the Improv a few weeks ago. The same show where I had the um, Give It Up for Max uh, moment. If you haven't seen that, by the way, bonkers. Um, but here, let's just, let's just cut to it real quick. I'm dead, so I think this is hilarious. That's the best compliment I've ever received. was insane that happened uh during the 88 show with avery pearson comics do a set and then they sing a song and i started doing a little riff about people having kids and giving me pros and cons to having kids and this woman this couple i you know kind of prodded at them how many kids do you have two dad didn't know the kids yeah you saw it and uh wild wild clip captured it can't believe we captured it and uh and uh yeah 
that 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 full thing is up on TikTok and Instagram. Bonkers. But that night, I met these guys that work for uh, Kamala Harris. They uh, protect Kamala Harris, and um, hopefully, going to see them in D.C. Going to see if I can get a little tour of the White House. That'd be cool. It'd be great. Excuse me. It'd be great. It'd be. It'd be great if you came by. Okay, if you could show Baron a tour thing about comedy. Don't tell me about comedy. Excuse me. I know how to be funny. Okay. I would love to. I would love to write some jokes for Biden and see him deliver them. It'd be cool if, like, I've always said this too in sports. There should be something in every football game where they cut away to a drunk fan at home. The same way that Ellen would surprise people with, like, checks or, like, cars or, you know, she'd roll up on a family in the projects and be like, here's a flat screen TV and some bacon bits. I'd love to do that with, like, I think football should have that where every game you cut to some drunk fan at home, you put a camera on them, and you let them call one one set of downs. Because it'll get angry, it'll get inappropriate, it'll get offensive, and it'll be hilarious. So uh, piggyback on that, I, uh, I would love to be able to write jokes for Biden, somebody like that who's speaking publicly to everybody. And maybe it's a little game where it's like, he's got to use one of my jokes. If I win a, a contest, let's say, it's a comedian rights for the president contest. And you get uh, you get an opportunity to write some one-liners, and he has to use one. Just to, in, in his speech, right? Comedians will do that sometimes with each other. Where they'll be like, like <laughs> Sal did this when we were in um, Alabama, actually, uh, or Savannah, Georgia. He bought these "I Love Hot Dads" shirts and made myself and Chris Johnson, his other opener uh, and tour manager, wear them on stage. We all wore them on stage for our sets. And nobody ever uh, mentioned it. And that was kind of funny. So comedians will do shit like that or they'll uh, be like, hey, you got to use this word in your set or you got to do this jo- do a joke about this as a fun way to fuck with each other and, and, and make it more interesting. Having comedian friends is the best. I have a lot of non-comedian friends and I hang out with them less because, I don't know, it, they're all fun. I, like going back to Seattle on Thanksgiving, saw some good homies, my buddy Bob, my buddy Anthony, my buddies Kirk and Rachel, so funny. They're all funny on their own, and that's why. So you gotta have, you gotta have funny non-comedian friends that are good at yes anding and your dumb bits and and making you feel like you're heading down the right path, but that also bring it themselves so that you're you got a nice back and forth. Having somebody that's just a, you know, a target board uh, to kind of you know, laugh at you, is also ha- helpful. But it's nice to have the back and forth. And uh, you get that with a comedian, you know. But then also sometimes you get the comedian that doesn't want the back and forth. They just want to they just want to give. They don't want to – I'm sorry, they just want to take. They don't want to give. So it's finding that, finding that balance, which is why uh, – which is why having kids seems terrifying. Because what if my kid's like, dude, you're not funny? And then on the flip side, it's like, fuck you, bitch. Imagine your kid talking shit to you. Like, for my nephew doing it, it's one thing. Like, I heard this baby crying in the airport the other day. First of all, my wife and I were walking by one of the terminals, and we just hear a baby going like, and I was like, oof, no thanks. And then one baby was screaming for her mom, mama, mama, mama. And I was like, at least the baby's screaming for the mom, right? Your baby's already being annoying and obnoxious in public, but what if it was like, Diane, Diane? And that's like the mom's, like, third best friend that comes around 
like once every six months and brings like colored pencils and gummy bears. And the baby's like, Diane's cooler, mom, you suck and your titties are sagging and your pussy stings. Like what if that, like what if the baby was like, well, you fucking suck, mom, I want Diane. Then you're being obnoxious in public and you're calling out for the love and support of your mom's third best friend. Oof. Diane. Diane. Diane Keaton, probably the most famous Diane. I almost killed Diane Keaton. I've told that story many times. When I was on my way running late to play Wolverine at Universal Studios, almost uh, hit her at a crosswalk with no... It was one of those crosswalks in Beverly Hills where it's just the honor system. There's no traffic light or stop sign or whatever. It's just fucking... If you see a person, slow down for the broken up white lines on the street. And I uh, I was leaving uh, some, some, some Lady of the Night excursion and uh, got a lot of judgment coming from the friends when I left. And here I am pulling up to the crosswalk looking down at my phone, trying to text my boss, come up with some bullshit excuse to not get fired as Wolverine. And uh, I look up and big hat, you know, startles. And then I go, oh, shit. And then she flips her hat up and I see it's Diane Keaton. She goes, and I go, ah! And she goes, acknowledging, like, yes, it's me, Diane Keaton. She kept walking. I was telling Sal and Chris Johnson about that story. And I ended up going on all these tangents about working at Universal uh, being in a fraternity, studying the uh, tour guide when I was a tour guide on the backlot tour, that script, um, that spun into some single mom stuff. It kind of created this whole, I must have talked for almost an hour. And they were like, dude, this is either a bit or a one-man show. And I was like, because at the very end, I go, so anyway, I pull up the, the crosswalk and there's Diane Keaton. I opened it with that and then it went down this entirely different road of stories and tales from the past and I think that could be a kind of a great one-man show. And calling it I Almost Killed Diane Keaton is pretty pretty attention-grabbing. I don't know how many people have almost killed Diane Keaton, but accidentally. You know, it was, it was clearly an accident. All right, guys. Well, we've done 45. That feels good. I don't know how you guys are feeling, but, um, yeah, I feel, like it's, uh, I feel like it's time to wrap this sucker up. So... Uh, before we do that, uh, please subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes. I know you've done it. I know you're doing it. Check out the episode with Patrick Adams from Suits that dropped last week. Uh, the Adam Ray uh, Dr. Phil experience continues tonight at the Comedy Store with Matt Reif, Brad Williams, and other special surprises. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. Let me talk about how obsessed I am with that. I... I'm obsessed with the surprise, surprise woman. Can't get enough. Can't get enough. I don't want to meet her per se, but the amount of memes of like when you think it's a fart, but it's actually a shit and you shit your pants. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. I mean, I, I, or, you know, you go to Denny's and you order the Grand Slam and, they, and you find pubes in your hash browns. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise! I mean, I'm trying to hit the note every time. Or how about when you when you go on stage and you do a closer and you accidentally, you know, say something, you actually say the N-word instead of instead of not that. You know, surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. It's just it works for every instance and situation. So, uh, obsessed with the surprise, surprise gal. Tonight, there will be surprises. Tomorrow, no surprise. But the Dr. Phil, Bobby Lee, Andrew Santino episode drops on my YouTube tomorrow. 
Make sure you're subscribed. I'm telling you, it's 90 minutes of hilarity from start to finish. And I, I couldn't be more proud of it. Uh, we'll see you at the store tonight. We'll see you on the road. Washington, D.C., December 7th through the 10th. The Improv. Come out and see your boy. Tickets at AdamRayComedy.com. Mike Drop Comedy Club in San Diego, December 15th and 16th. Tickets at AdamRayComedy.com. And then we are closing out the year at the new Desert Ridge Improv in Scottsdale, Arizona, December 21st through the 23rd. Tickets at AdamRayComedy.com. New Year's. I can't announce who I'm going to be, but uh, it's going to be special. And uh, I can tell you this. It's in the Midwest. How does that sound? Hopefully I'll see you there. Um, all right. Merch, AdamRayComedy.com. Alien Podcast on uh, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Adam Ray Comedy on Insta- Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. I think that's it. You know where to uh, you know where to, to get the pod. You, you're here. Come back next week. Tell your friends. Tell your lovers. Tell your enemies. And um, and we'll see you out there, guys. Be good. Be good to each other. And have a great. Um, you know what? Have a great. Have a great week because it's the first week of December, and I know there's no like it's gonna be May May first Timberlake fucking bullshit meme song, but uh, December's got its own flavor. And 2024 is going to be a great year. And I say that every year, but I feel like this year is truly going to be a good one. I feel like I got some changes that have been made. I'm working on myself in, in ways I never thought I would. Started some therapy in in, uh, in some pockets of, uh, of the week, which has been weird. But I think I think doing it, doing some good. So, um, so here we go. And here we are. I'll see you guys next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.